This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Cohen from his own 40. Going the wrong way. Now he's really going the wrong way. Trying to reverse field, and look at this. He's got some blockers now. He was going the right way. Cohen all the way. Touchdown, Chicago. A 61-yard return. Yeah, you look, yesterday he had the 61-yard punt return for a touchdown. He had another return that was called back due to penalty. Um, yeah, I think we're utilizing Tariq just fine. Um, you know, I think both the, as a guy of the backfield, uh, you know, he's one of our most explosive players. So I don't think there's uh, a lack of knowledge of who and how we use him. That's kind of what we've been saying all season long. Welcome on in. It is football night in Chicago here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We are live out here at Riley's Daughter, 111 and Pulaski and Oak Lawn, brought to you by Miller Lite. Buckets of Miller Lite tonight, 12 bucks. Come on out, listen to the show. Uh, Daniel Brown, the Bears tight end, will be with us in the 7 o'clock hour. Also, you've got Monday Night Football and all the TVs around here, so it should be a good, good time. For all of those who have Antonio Brown, he has told Lisa Salters of ESPN that he is playing tonight. The question is, how uh, good will he play? And I don't. I actually have Martavis Bryant, so I, you know, if they throw to Martavis Bryant all the time, that'd be fine with me. We're gonna talk a lot about the Bears and why not. That's what we do here on Football Night in Chicago. Uh, the Bears lose to the 49ers yesterday, 15-14. Whenever I do one of these shows, I try to listen to all of our shows on the station, starting with Cap, with Pat Boyle this morning, Carmen and Yurko, listen to Waddle and Sylvie, and uh, make my own opinions beforehand and then see if they agree with me, which they rarely do, um, because, yeah, I'm, you know, back in the day they used to call it out of step Charlie, but I'm a a guy that usually doesn't agree with a lot of people. Um, What I do agree with is it's probably time for John Fox to leave. 12 and 32, that's not good. My question is, what exactly will a new coach do for this squad? There have been so many injuries. Coming into the season, after a three-win season last year, I'm not sure what people expected out of this franchise. Um... I know you didn't expect as many injuries as you had last year. Unfortunately, you're getting them. One of the things I wanted to talk about, 312-332-3776, if you want to talk about the Bears, their struggles, their coaching staff, the way they use any of their players, uh, what the future looks like, the final four games, 312-332-3776. When you're a fan of a team, no matter who that team is or what sport that team is, it's almost like a marriage, Okay, it's, you know, in good times and in bad, you're supposed to be behind that team. Even in marriages, I know people get a little upset. Um, Haven't checked the divorce rate of late. I've been married for 36 years. Sometimes you got to let things go. Things will always get better. Okay, at least you're hoping. So in good times and in bad, and unfortunately for Bears fans, this is definitely one of the bad times. The whole John Fox era has been the bad times. 12-32, and 32, as I mentioned, under Fox. Bears were favored again and lose again. They are now 0-7 as a favorite under John Fox. Things are just not working. The injuries continue to pile up. McPhee, Long, Unrine all went down with injuries in yesterday's game. It's a situation where we thought, things were going to get better. Ryan Pace comes in as a general manager, uh, the young general manager. 
the old veteran coach, we thought things would be good. Unfortunately, because of draft picks, because of free agent signings that have been hurt and not worked out, uh, things have not worked the way we would have liked them. Mitchell Trubisky comes in, and he is the Bears quarterback. And there are a lot of Bears fans that wanted to see the local product, the kid from Arlington Heights, the kid that went to Rolling Meadows High School and Jimmy Garoppolo. They wanted the Bears to go after him. Well, in the offseason, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't available. He was available a couple of weeks ago, and as a result, he is now a 49er. And you had a chance to see yesterday what exactly a quarterback who has time to learn, especially with Belichick and with Tom Brady, what a quarterback that has time to learn and is not playing but running scout team and other things, how, what they can do when they get an opportunity. The Niners were slow to give Garoppolo a chance because they had C.J. Beathard and uh, John Lynch, the new general manager, really likes Beathard. And um, it probably wouldn't have been Jimmy Garoppolo if not for Beathard getting hurt with a minute seven to go in their game last week. But Garoppolo was out there. When you compare the two quarterbacks, to show you how numbers can lie, okay, numbers definitely can lie. You see Garoppolo, he was 26 for 37, 293 yards. He was sacked twice, no touchdowns and an interception, a quarterback passer rating of 82.4. He looked pretty darn good out there, didn't he? Mitchell Trubisky was 12 for 15 for 102 yards. He only threw three incompletions, threw a touchdown pass, no interceptions, His quarterback passer rating is 117.2. If you watched the game yesterday, there's no way you would say that Mitchell Trubisky had a better game than Jimmy Garoppolo. But today, John Fox was talking earlier today and discussed a lot of things, among them how he's still keeping his job. But John Fox also said he thought that Mitch had his best game. I thought Mitch probably had arguably his best game. You know, there was a couple decisions I think he'd like to have back. Um, you know, not that they were huge errors. We did not turn the ball over. I think we were plus one in the turnover ratio. We had a 61-yard punt return for a touchdown. You know, if you'd have told me that before the game, I probably wouldn't have visioned any way we'd lose that game. Watching the game, you wonder if there's any way that they should have lost the game. But you know why you lose the game? 36 plays of offense. That's right, just 36 plays of offense. Now, granted, Trubisky was 12 for 15. Uh, They did not run the ball all that much. They ran the ball a total of 19 times. They did not rush for many yards, and that's another bad thing for the Chicago Bears. They are, at the core, a running football team. You had Jordan Howard, 13 for 38. You had Mitchell Trubisky, 4 for 19, and you gave the ball to Tariq Cohen just twice for 5 yards. Cohen shows you what he can do, though. He caught four passes for 39 yards, and the punt return, not one, but two punt returns for touchdowns. The second one getting called back, not for touchdowns, but for big gains. The second one getting called back because of the block in the back by one of the tight ends. Not the tight end that's going to be here. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on when Daniel Brown joins us in the 7 o'clock hour. But 36 plays of offense for the Chicago Bears. Only three times this season, all season long, has a team run fewer than 37 plays on offense. Two of those three times have been the Chicago Bears. Now, John Fox is one thing. Dow Loggins and the way they're calling it is another thing. You see when you give a quarterback uh, a set number of plays, you go on out there and execute those plays. I have a feeling, in my opinion, see if you agree with me, that Mitchell Trubisky is just getting too much put on his plate. If you give him 
a certain number of plays, not a wildcat where he runs out to the wide receiver position, not the end around. Normal plays, a couple of passes this way, a couple of runs here and there. Make it easy for the kid. I don't know that Dow Loggins and the Bears' offense is easy enough for this kid learning an NFL offense after playing just 13 games in college. 312-332-3776. Let's go to the phones. We'll talk, take your calls. Here a lot of calls in the first hour, your thoughts on the Bears. But again, in your thoughts about when you're a fan of a team, how it's kind of like a marriage, good times, bad times, it's supposed to hurt when your team loses. And if you're a Bears fan, you've been in a lot of pain for a couple of years. Let's go to Norwood Park and Mike. Mike, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on? Hey, how's it going today? Okay, Mike. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about the game last night and uh, the decision not to let uh, San Francisco score. Um, I thought, you know, it, you know, we're looking at this game, the, the Bears aren't going anywhere. I thought it was a great opportunity to let Mitch uh, get a chance to engineer a two-minute drive late in the game with the game on the line. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You lose the game, you lost it anyways by letting gold hit it with four seconds left. So, I mean... What are your thoughts on that? Mike, I think you're exactly right. Uh, There's no doubt that they should have allowed San Francisco to score at that time. They would have got the ball back at a minute 30, minute 35, and had an opportunity at least. You figure if the kick goes into the end zone, they get the ball to 25, and they have a minute 30 and a couple timeouts. It would have been great. They didn't do it. I couldn't quite understand why they didn't do it. And Tom Waddle earlier today brought up some good points that I wasn't thinking about, calling timeouts at the end of the first half. Since you knew you were getting the ball to start the second half, calling some timeouts at the end of the first half so you have some opportunities to do some things. Because what this is, what this whole year is, is basically trying to figure out what Mitchell Trubisky can do. And it's a learning experience for him. I think that would be a great time for him to learn, a great way for him to learn. Unfortunately, they didn't do that, uh, Mike. But I agree with you completely. Should have let him score. Would have at least made the last minute and a half interesting instead of just watching the clock ticked down until Robbie Gold kicked the field goal. And we're going to talk about Robbie Gold, too. I appreciate the call, Mike. We had a lot of people, a lot of people going crazy. Well, you know, the Bears shouldn't have let go of Robbie Gold. He was their kicker. Kicked for 11 years, this, this. this. Here's the rule. Here's what happened with Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold was the fifth highest paid player in the NFL, making $3.75 million. He had six misses in his last four seasons with the Bears, including two of them, from less than 40 yards. In the preseason last year, he missed an extra point and got another one blocked. What the Bears organization was doing was saying, listen, this guy's getting up there a little bit in age. We're paying him the fifth highest paid kicker in the National Football League. He's had some misses. Let's go in a different direction. We can use that money and spend it somewhere else. I had no problem with them releasing uh, Robbie Gold. And Robbie Gold even said after the game yesterday that him getting released actually made him Think about the way he was kicking and think about some of the things he was doing and make some corrections. And he looked really good yesterday. But let's realize, too, only two of those kicks yesterday were longer than extra points. He kicked field goals from 33, 28, 35, 34, and 24. The Bears yesterday did something that has not been done ever. That's right. The Bears did something that had never been done before. It's the first time that the Bears have scored two touchdowns, did not allow a touchdown, and still lost the game. They scored twice, the kick returned, the touchdown pass to Dontrell Inman, and they did not allow a touchdown. Good for the defense, right? Well, we'll get to the defense in a little bit. They had their struggles, too. 
Um, but the Bears lose the game 15-14. Back to the phones, up to Fox Lake and Bill. Bill, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on? How's it going? Uh, just wanted to kind of touch on two things. Uh, number one, with John Fox, I mean, what did everybody really expect out of him? I mean, yeah, they say he goes to two Super Bowls. I feel like a lot of that had to do with the talent. I mean, you look at Denver, their defense, everybody was already set. It's not like he really built the team by any means. And then, and Gates didn't even really want him. I, it was just like he was kind of thrown on the plate, probably should have went with, try going with an up-and-comer. And then uh, with Adam Shaheen as well, like, I mean, getting the nine plays, the Bears aren't winning anyways. Why not set him out there, see how he blocks? Everybody could say how he can run. Why, why not see what he, get, what he, what he can do? I, I don't understand why he's only getting nine plays a game at least. I mean, he scored a touch, two touchdowns, three, was it two touchdowns so far? Like, I don't know. I, we're not really going anywhere. Why not give him a shot like we have with Eddie Jackson and Trubisky? And, Bill, I appreciate the call, and I agree with you on Shaheen. I'm kind of questioning why he's not out there a little bit more, especially when you know things aren't going to turn out well for the team this year. they got four games remaining, another quarter of the season. I want to see Adam Shaheen out there as much as possible. I was kind of shocked that he only had that many uh, plays, nine plays. He was not targeted at all yesterday. But you do need to see him block in the NFL. You do need to see him catch passes. You do need to see him run routes. I'd like nothing more than to see my 6'6 tight end going down the seam and catching a pass and gaining, you know, 15, 18, 20 yards. I don't, I'm not exactly sure why not. We have Daniel Brown, the uh, other Bears tight end, or one of the other Bears tight ends, coming in to be with us in the 7 o'clock hour. And he only had uh, one catch. He had 11 snaps yesterday. Deion Sims, who is healthy now after his illness a couple weeks ago, he had quite a few more. But the Bears, my biggest question, we get to Daniel Brown and also to ask anybody if they can help me, is what happened to the running game? The running game has been one of the strangest stories of the entire year. You have Tariq Cohen, you have Jordan Howard. I'm looking here at the running game stats, the the rushing stats for the Bears. Against Atlanta, 125 yards. Against Pittsburgh, 222. Against the Packers in Green Bay, 103. 115 at home against Minnesota. 231 at Baltimore in a victory. 157 against New Orleans. 222 just three weeks ago against Detroit. Then you look at 20 yards rushing against Tampa. You look at 55 against Green Bay here at Soldier Field. You look at six yards rushing last week against Philadelphia, and yesterday, 19 carries for 62 yards. The 49ers had been giving up 129.5 yards per game rushing to the opposition, and yesterday the Bears managed only 62 yards. I know they like running that stretch handoff. Nothing seems to be working for this running game. They've gained 68 yards in the last two games rushing the football. That's brutal. I'm not sure what's going on with that. I don't know how they're going to solve it, but they always say we are a running football team. Well, not lately you're not. Lately you're a um, get to the line of scrimmage and lose yardage play uh, team. There's another stat, and we'll get right back to the calls in a second. Mitchell and Nick, hang in there. We'll get right to you. The Bears offense this year, and I didn't see this the first time I watched the game. Listen to these numbers. Offensive points scored, three and out drive percentage, Rushing for negative yards and red zone drives. There are 32 teams in the NFL. The Bears are dead last in all four of those categories. Again, offensive points scored, three and out drive percentage, rushing for negative yards, which is a killer, and red zone drives. 
They are last in all of them. They have the second fewest snaps per game of the, in the entire National Football League. You want your offense to do some things, you've got to move the ball. You've got to get some opportunities to get everybody involved. Mitchell Trubisky, 12 for 15 yesterday. That was good, but that's a good half. It's not a good game, 12 for 15. Uh, the Bears with 36 snaps, not very good yesterday. Head to Niles and Mitchell. Mitchell, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on? Yeah, um, first of all, going into the, uh, the season, we had two unknowns. We had an unknown with uh, Michael Glenn and obviously Mitchell Trubisky. And now we know that Mitchell Trubisky is very green and needs to go play in the CFL for about six years to hone his craft. Number two, the bright spot, you have this running game that you just mentioned. Well, if they're not getting any first downs because Mitchell doesn't understand how to run an offense because he only played 13 games, I've never seen this in the history of being a Bears uh, you know, uh, fan where we give him such a pass. In, in 2003, when Lovey had a deal with Rex, Gro- you know, Rex Grossman going out, or maybe it was 2005, and they brought in Kyle Orton, did, uh, did the head coach, did Levy say to Kyle Orton, hey, I don't want to impede your progress? No, they won 11-5 and five with, Kyle, with Kyle Orton. Yep. But with Mitchell Trubisky and basically up to the present, we have a failure, a failure to communicate, sir, and that is the fact that uh, the systemic, uh, you know, bad decision-making on the part of the GM, and look, you cannot make Coach Fox the scapegoat. He's stuck between these millennials that have actually no sense how to call Jets. Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be, okay, if you were to compare and contrast Mitchell Trubisky versus the guy in Texas, which is um, the quarterback that did uh, Watson. He, you know, why is he so much more of an NFL quarterback ready that, that really performed at a high level? What you learned about Mitchell Trubisky is that he can only run a vapid spread offense but can't read defenses. He can't call a huddle. So, therefore, when you watch him and you watch him struggle through his progressions and you want to know why the running game is basically suffering, it's because the ineptitude of, of the most important position is the quarterback. Well, and Mitchell, we appreciate the call. You bring up a lot of good points. Um, among them, Trubisky is the reason he's behind Deshaun Watson, the reason he is behind Jared Goff, the reason he's behind Carson Wentz is he played 13 games in college. Okay, there was somebody in front of him in college. Uh, the other guys all played. Wentz played five years at school. He redshirted one year after getting hurt. Ger- uh, Jared Goff played three years in- at Cal. They played more. They still took a little while to get used to the National Football League. Now in their second seasons, they're having tremendous years. I think that's what the Bears were hoping. I don't think the Bears realized how much they were going to have to teach Mitchell Trubisky. Ryan Pace likes him. Ryan Pace drafted him, he moved up to get him, and he's your quarterback. Now, the questions came up earlier today. If the Bears are drafting and there's a quarterback sitting there, um, do they go after another quarterback this year? Ryan Pace had said last year, I think, that he he would think about drafting a quarterback every year, and then he didn't draft one last year. So he drafted Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky was his guy. I'm really interested to see how this is going to go moving forward because if Fox does get launched, I don't think that Ryan Pace will. Ryan Pace will be here. Ryan Pace has had some pl- some draft picks that have been really good. You can't hit at every draft. And he's got some guys that are definitely helping out. You see an Eddie Jackson. You see an Eddie Goldman. You see some guys that are actually working out. And um, But he doesn't have any wide receivers. He needs wide receivers. And I don't understand. Dontrell Inman catches two passes in the first quarter, one of them for a touchdown. Dontrell Inman doesn't have another pass thrown his way. 
Okay, the Niners secondary is not that good. They should have been able to target and find a Dontrell Inman again in that contest. One more call before we take a break. Let's go on out to Gurney and Nick. Nick, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, how's it going? I just okay, wanted Nick. to comment again on the, the big play of the week. As a Bears fan, the John Fox call or non-call to not let them score uh, in the final minutes. I don't think John Fox is that dumb. I think he's a, he's a viable coach. Um, I'm wondering if there was direction from above management against a 49ers team that's also vying for a draft pick position. Um, hey, let's run the clock out and let's, let's take the L here and let's get a better draft pick than we would have. I mean, my initial belief is coach is coach and players play, but at the same time, that, that idea cannot be avoided, and there's really no other explanation for uh, John Fox's decision there. Nick, I appreciate the call. I, I don't agree with you. Um, I, no franchise really wants to go on out and lose games. Uh, the NFL, uh, unlike some of these other sports, and I'm not a big fan of tanking, um, but in the NFL, you see you can get good draft picks in the seventh, in the eighth, in the ninth, and I think Aaron Rodgers was the 21st pick. You can get good draft picks. You don't have to have the first or the second or the third pick in the NFL draft. There's a reason they go seven rounds. You need to have a good scouting department, and the Chicago Bears and their ownership, they don't want to keep losing games. You saw some empty uh, seats yesterday. Just wait until the game coming up uh, with Cleveland. You'll see some empty seats. And by the, by the way, I think we're actually giving away some tickets for that game. You come on out here to Riley's daughter, you can sign up, and we get, we're giving some tickets away, I'm pretty sure. Also, a football signed by Bears tight end Daniel Brown. So come on out. Fred Huebner with you. We're at Riley's daughter, 111th in Pulaski and Oak Lawn. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Buckets of Miller Lite. $12 throughout the evening. It's Football Night in Chicago. Bears, more Bears talk. Jump on in, 312-332-3776. Taking you all the way till 8 o'clock, and then Jay Hood takes over from 8 till 10. Oh, Hoodie's going to have fun. Right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago on Chicago's number one football station, ESPN 1000. Gold is good with seconds to go his fifth field goal of the game you know what i think it was less emotional because i had already been through it uh, i think um it was great to see everybody you know this organization meant a lot to my career i mean if you really look at like the heartbeat of where i grew up uh, i was in that locker room across the hall i was with guys like Erlacher, it was guys with owen Cruz, it was guys like patrick manley brad maynard you know jay cutler um i mean the list goes on and on you know so um Today, you know, for me and my family and for the organization, you know, I'm just happy we got a win. And they did get a win. Robbie Gold, the former Bear, kicking for the 49ers. He had five field goals, including the game winner, which is four seconds remaining. Welcome back in. Fred Huebner with you. Football Night in Chicago brought to you by Miller Lite. We are live here at Riley's Daughter, 111th and Pulaski in Oak Lawn. Stop on by. Buckets of Miller Lite, $12 tonight. You get a Monday night football game where the Steelers, the Bears beat the Steelers. They've had just two losses all year. The Bears were one of them. The Bears knocked off Pittsburgh. Well, Steelers going against Cincinnati, a big rivalry game on Monday night football. 312-332-3776. And wanted to play a couple more sound bites from John Fox talking about the game yesterday. Now, we talked already about John Fox not letting the 49ers just score, so they had an opportunity with a 130, 135 in the clock. Mistake, okay? That was definitely a mistake. On the way out here, I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie, and a caller was complaining and talking about 
the the challenges that the Bears and John Fox have made. The challenge with Cunningham where the Bears won the challenge and lost the ball. The challenge yesterday when Trubisky ran to the sideline, uh, went out of bounds, and the Bears challenged that it was the wrong spot. They lost that challenge, and then it was fourth down, and they had to kick. I don't put those on John Fox. Ultimately, he throws the, the red flag, okay? Ultimately, he reaches into his back pocket or his sock or wherever he keeps it. He throws it. But someone's telling him to do that. Whoever that guy is needs to be fired now before these final four games of the season because he's been brutal. Anybody watching that game knew that Mitchell Trubisky did not get the first down. Now, the one thing you have to realize, and I know you all do, the one thing you realize when you're watching the game on TV, that yellow first down line is not on the field. It's a little more difficult for players to know if, in fact, they've crossed the first down marker. So Trubisky thought he might have got there. He didn't. And anybody watching the game realized that. But they challenged, they lost. Don't blame the challenges, my opinion. You can do whatever you want. I don't blame the challenges on John Fox. Now, I'm not standing up for Fox. I think when, you, when you're when you 12 and 32 in your first 44 games, you need to be gone, okay? I, I don't suggest you move him now. I mentioned last week that basically the definition of wasted energy is worrying about if the Bears are going to fire Fox this year. When the season's over, they'll let him go course they'll probably do it tomorrow uh the season's over they'll let him go they'll bring somebody else in and then we'll get to start this whole thing over again and see what kind of uh offensive mind he has uh when he goes i think dal loggins has to go i'd love to keep the uh, vic fangio here vic fangio's deal runs out this year vic fangio's defense had a tough time yesterday the 49ers converted seven of ten third downs in the second half that's right seven of ten third downs including a huge one late in the contest on that final drive they gave one up it was a 33 yard gain on third and nine and a little guy named trent taylor who boy i follow the niners for a long time i had no idea who this was trent taylor catches a ball goes uh, 33 yards on third and nine and john fox after the game said yeah the third down defense really hurt. I don't think we played well enough on third down. Uh, obviously, that last one we had an opportunity to get a stop at 14-12. Uh, I think it was third and nine. You know, so I think the third down defense uh, was problematic. I will say, though, the red area defense was pretty good. Um, you know, in those opportunities, uh, not allowing a touchdown. Uh, and then just, you know, being able to generate something offensively. I don't think we really established the run game. I've heard of Ben, but don't break. But when you can't stop the other team on third down, that's a problem. And giving up seven of ten third down situations in the second half. Listen, the Bears only gave up. They didn't give up a touchdown, okay? So you say that, and what Fox said in the red zone, they were good. Yeah, they were good. They didn't allow the 49ers to get into the, the, the end zone. But they gave up too much. You can't do what they did. And the, the secondary, I told you how the secondary had a hard time. Marquise Goodwin. Eight targets, eight catches for 99 yards. Trent Taylor, six targets, six catches, 33 yards. Kyle Eustich, the fullback, they usually don't throw to him. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo did three times, three completions. Carlos Hyde had three catches. 
26 for 37 were Garoppolo's numbers yesterday. Again, 293 yards. I don't care about passer ratings. Again, this is when a quarter, this is when passer ratings show you it doesn't necessarily mean the guy had a better game. 82.4 the passer rating for Jimmy Garoppolo. 117.2 for Mitch Trubisky. Granted, he was 12 for 15, 102. But there's no doubt Garoppolo was the better quarterback out there yesterday. More from John Fox. There's a lot of young guys in this Bears team. Tariq Cohen, Adam Shaheen. There are other young guys. Eddie Jackson and Fox said sometimes that rookie wall will jump up and bite you. You know, I thought, you know, just looking at Mitch and, you know, a guy like Tariq, you know, that people talk about the rookie wall. I thought, you know, those two guys played as well as anybody out there, you know, not disparaging anybody else, but both those guys I thought played very well. So, um, uh, I don't sense that. You know, obviously we've lost five games. Uh, you know, I'm counting going into uh, uh, New Orleans. Um, you know, I think losing some guys has had a little bit of effect on that. Um, uh, but, you know, that's not an excuse, it's just reality. Uh, we've, you know, other than Philadelphia, I think we've played competitive games and we just keep coming up short. And uh, I understand the angst and, you know, the frustration because we feel it. You know, uh, these guys are working hard, we're working hard. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I know our fans want it. I mean, you know, as far as a setting, you know, yesterday, as far as the day and the crowd and their involvement, you know, it's, it's I mean, you can tell how bad they want to win. And I can promise you everybody in this building does, too. Well, they do want to win. Unfortunately, they're not. They have now lost five straight games, the Bears have. And we were all excited, even after a loss, going into the bye after week eight, I think most Bears fans were pretty excited. They were coming home for three of the next four games, playing the Packers, the Lions, and the 49ers at home with a trip to Philadelphia. Now, you figure that trip to Philadelphia would probably be a rough one, and Lord knows it was, 31-3. to But you figure the other three games were all winnable, and uh, they were winnable. The Bears had chances in all those games. The Bears could have won all those games, but unfortunately they didn't. Bad teams don't win close games. Good teams win close games. And I'm not saying the Niners are a good team, but when you look at them out there yesterday, it looks like they can be a really good team a lot quicker than the Chicago Bears team. Some more from John Fox. Get a lot of sound from him. Want to make sure you hear some of the good stuff. We talked about Adam Shaheen. We had a caller earlier asking about why Shaheen didn't get more snaps. Shaheen for the game nine plays he was not targeted at all but fox said he's had a pretty good season you know i think adams had a good season you know he's a a good young player that uh, we definitely like we utilize um you know it's hard to get a lot of play time when you have 37 plays uh i think marcus wheaton might have played one play he's a guy we like to look at more it just you know didn't materialize that way yesterday uh but um you know, we like him a lot. You know, I think uh, getting uh, Dion back, you know, from uh, when he was sick, you know, it's, it's, it, it kind of sorts itself out. But he's a young player that we like a lot that uh, we see a bright future in. I'd love to say I see a bright future in Shaheen, too, but I don't think we see enough of him. And this goes back to my thoughts earlier. You heard John Fox say, well, he only had 37 plays, we didn't, or 36 as it was. We didn't have an opportunity to get enough playing time for some of these guys. I understand that. If you're calling too many plays, run two, three, four plays, five plays. Make sure that Adam Shaheen's out there. Have him block one way in one play. Have him block a different way in another one. Have him in motion on a third one. Have him go out on a couple of those. Run plays for the guys that you need to have develop. 
Uh, you got Tariq Cohen in the game a little bit more yesterday. Now, Cohen didn't have the ball a lot. They threw four passes to him for 39 yards. He ran the ball twice for just five yards, two carries, five yards. But he did have the really nice kick return. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the NFL is finally starting to listen to my suggestion. But my suggestion each of the last two weeks was, if the kickoff goes in the end zone, take a knee and get the ball at the 25. The gamble of trying to run the ball out is not worth it because two weeks ago, Cohen ran the ball out four times out of the end zone. He got to the 25, the 22 twice, and the 17 another time. If they give you a quarter of the field, take a quarter of the field, okay? Have your offense start at the 25 instead of the 20 or the 22 or the 17 or, heaven forbid, a block in the back, and now you're starting at the 7. Now, obviously, it's different with punts, and we saw what he can do. Punt returns are a little bit different. Punt returns are a situation where guys are coming from everywhere. You're, you're able to block guys right there at the line of scrimmage. You have some help. Um, Tariq Cohen looks like a tremendous, tremendous punt returner, uh, especially after he figured out early in the season. I think that Tampa Bay game, the ball's on the ground. There's three guys around it. Don't try to pick it up. That is not a good suggestion. Some other things I want to make sure I get to about the game. Don't forget Daniel Brown, the Bears tight end, will be here with us in the 7 o'clock hour talking with him about the struggles for the team and a lot of other things. The um, Bears' time of possession. It's a big stat that everybody brings up, time of possession. Now, in my mind, time of possession doesn't mean anything. The Bears almost won the game, and San Francisco had 38 minutes of time of possession. The Bears had 21. It was 38-47 to 21-09, okay? What matters is what you do with the ball when you have the ball. That's what matters. Peyton Manning, when he had the ball with Indianapolis or Denver, what mattered is what they did with the ball when they had it. Tom Brady and the Patriots, when they have the ball, it matters what you do with it. It doesn't matter. The Bears had a chance to win that game yesterday several times. They ran just 36 plays. They didn't run a lot of plays, but they also had opportunities. And I don't care about time of possession. Time of possession, 38-47 for San Francisco, 21-09 for the Bears. Now, when you know, when all said and done, you look at it and say, well, the Niners won the time of possession, so it's expected they win the game. Not necessarily. Second quarter, Trubisky drops back, throws a little swing pass. And I hate to say it, but Jordan Howard still can't catch. Okay? He still can't catch the ball. And that's frustrating. You see what running backs that can catch the ball do around the National Football League each and every week. I don't know what it's going to take for Jordan Howard to become better at catching the ball. But until he does, he's going to be a liability because you can't throw it to him. You can hand the ball off to him, and that's great. He's going to be great running the ball out of the backfield. But you in the, in the NFL, especially nowadays, you want to be able to throw the ball to your running backs. And you can't do it. If he can't catch the ball, you can't do it. It's a wasted down. Yesterday, a 25-yard pass and run to Tariq Cohen. How pretty was that? A little swing pass to Cohen. He gets two guys in front of him. Leno's there, and I can't remember who the other guy was. Might have been a receiver or a tight end. Out there blocking for him. Cohen gets a 25-yard gain. Leno gets called for holding. They teach you these things. They teach you not to hold. They, I know, I know, holding can be called on every single play, but all Leno had to do is run into the guy. Keep your arms to your side. Keep your arms in front of you. Push the guy. Do whatever you do. Don't hold him. 
That was a big play early in the game. It could help the Bears and move the ball around, move the ball downfield. And it sets them back as instead of that. I was very happy for Lamar Houston for two reasons. One, Lamar Houston had a sack. Thrilled. Lamar Houston, Chris Prasinski, both brought in this week. Lamar Houston needed to be brought in. The Bears needed another outside linebacker. And Houston's run this defense before. He knows the Bears. He knows Vic Fangio. With Leonard Floyd out, the Bears needed another outside linebacker. And what happened? He gets a sack of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the first good thing. The second good thing is he didn't tear his ACL. If you remember, when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing and the Bears were playing against the Patriots, it was a 48-23 Bears loss. It was in the fourth quarter. Garoppolo was in there for mop-up time. And Lamar Houston got his first sack of the season. He got the sack. He jumped up in the air, came down, and tore his ACL. I could not have been happier for Lamar Houston yesterday to get a sack and not suffer a torn ACL. That was pretty. That was pretty for him not to do it. The Tariq Cohen 61-yard punt return, what can you say? Andrew Catalan, the CBS announcer, do we have that back at the station? Can we, can we play the Tariq Cohen punt return for a touchdown? I got some comments on that. Can we play that, guys? Cohen. Cohen. Zone 40. Going the wrong way. Now he's really going the wrong way. Trying to reverse field, and look at this. He's got some blockers now. He was going the right way. Cohen all the way. Touchdown, Chicago. A 61 yard return. Highlights courtesy CBS. I, I, I know you're saying CBS. You know, there's two NFC teams. What was it doing on CBS? The NFC, Fox didn't want the game, okay? They shuffled it off to CBS because it was the Bears and the 49ers. It was the worst matchup of the week. Fox didn't want it. CBS took it, and they put Andrew Catalan and James Lofton. I saw some people on Twitter saying that they didn't like what the job Lofton was doing. I thought Lofton did a pretty good job. He was self-deprecating at times. But back to the kick return, okay, the punt return yesterday from uh, Tariq Cohen. The cool thing was after the game, they asked Tariq Cohen about it. I always watch uh, NBC Sports Chicago with my guy Lawrence Holmes and a bunch of the other guys, uh, Alex Brown, Lance Briggs, Jim Miller, breaking down the game afterwards. They were none too happy, but they had Tariq Cohen on, and Cohen said he started running to his right, and you heard Andrew Catalan saying he's going the wrong way, he's going the wrong way. Well, technically he really was, because everybody was lined up for on the left side. Cohen went the right way. He turned around and said... When I turned turned around, I saw my blocking was all set up to the left, and I followed him. He said he was actually chasing one of his guys. He figured if he caught him, they'd be in good shape. And uh, it was great to see what Tariq Cohen could do. Also, Tariq Cohen did something yesterday. By the way, 61-yard uh, return for a touchdown. He actually ran 127 yards on that play because he ran one way, then ran the other way, and then ran upfield. But Tariq Cohen becomes the first... I don't know if it's Bear or first player, period, but the first guy since Gail Sayers to have a touchdown run, a pass, a punt return, and a reception for a touchdown. Now, Gail Sayers did it in 1965. The amazing thing with Gail Sayers, and again, Peyton fans go back and forth with me. I love Walter. I love Jarrett. Um, Gail Sayers is the best running back in Bears history. And Gail Sayers did all that. 
a re- passing touchdown, a punt return, a kick return, all that stuff. He did all that one game. He tried six touchdowns against the Niners back in 1965. Fred Huebner with you. you. Want to jump on in? 312-332-3776. Continue talking Bears and Niners. Also, look ahead just a little bit to the remainder of the Bears schedule. They are on the road for three of the next four games. And uh, we will also be talking about something that happened today that kind of aggravates me. No, it's not nothing to do with the Giants firing their coach. 312-332-3776. We are live. It's Miller Lite Football Night in Chicago. We're Riley's daughter, 111th and Pulaski out in Oak Lawn. Buckets of Miller Lite for $12. 7 o'clock hour. Bears tight end Daniel Brown will join me right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago on Chicago's number one football station, ESPN 1000. Riley's daughter, 111th of Pulaski here in Oakland. Come on by Miller Lite football night in Chicago. Buckets of Miller Lite is $12. 312-332-3776. You want to jump on in. If you got a question for Daniel Brown, the Bears tight end, you can uh, dial us up after 7 o'clock. Is he'll be with us here in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. We also have some tickets to give away for the Miller Lite uh, box for the uh, Cleveland game, the last remaining home game as the Browns come to town on Christmas Eve. Also an autographed football from Daniel Brown. So come on out, 312-332-3776. We're at Riley's Daughter, 111th, and a Pulaski here in Oak Lawn. A uh, couple other things I want to get to before the top of the hour, before we to bring Daniel in here. Um, Mr. Trubisky, another bobbled snap. And, and I know he's got a lot of things on his mind. The most important thing is keeping control of the ball. He had two fumbles yesterday, recovered both of them. Okay, that was okay. You got to recover your own fumble. If you're going to drop the ball, you've got to be able to recover it, and that's what he did. I still don't quite understand how Trent Taylor gained so many yards receiving yesterday for the 49ers. Little guy, 6'6", 92 yards, 15.3 average. He had a long of 33 yards. A couple other things I got here on my, uh, they used to be yellow pads. But the white pads at Office Depot were cheaper, so I got white pads. Um, I know that's much more information than you needed. Okay, Chris Brzezinski. Hey, you remember that guy, don't you? He was with the Bears a while back. Well, he had a couple tryouts with a couple different uh, teams, and the Bears needed another safety because their safeties went down yesterday on the inactives were three safeties, including... including... um, Adrian Amos, okay? So three safeties were hurt, could not play yesterday. So Chris Brzezinski came back to the team late last week. He played every snap at safety for the Chicago Bears yesterday. Marcus Cooper, a rough game for him. And I say a rough game. He had one snap in the dime, okay? His receiver caught a first down pass. I was telling you about the problems the Bears' secondary had on first downs. Yesterday for the game, the 49ers converted 56% on a third down, 10 for 18, 56%. The Bears were 5 for 10. A lot more chances for the 49ers, and they did a lot of completing, a lot of throwing passes that were complete for that. Um, We talked about Robbie Gold, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He won his two games with New England, and... um, Sat and learned behind Brady. I thought what they did was great. Now, speaking of New England, have you seen the Gronk play yesterday? Rob Gronkowski uh, goes after Tredavious White on the sideline, gets suspended one game 
for basically a flying, leaping punch. Okay, we saw what happened the week before that, okay, with the chain being ripped off the neck of, uh, of uh, Michael Crabtree by Aqib Tlaib. They were given two-game suspensions and were reduced to one game. Rob Gronkowski suspended one game for what he did. My opinion, Rob Gronkowski should have been suspended at least three, if not more than that. I understand the players' associations right there. I understand that they're going to, he's going to appeal the suspension. But what Gronkowski did, and you see it on every angle, he's diving in, throwing a punch. I mean, when Steve Michael McMichael was, in the, was wrestling, he would have been proud of that punch, okay? I can't believe that the NFL gave him just one. And it goes to show you again sometimes about what the National Football League does. If you want to clean up your game, a play like that deserves a suspension, a multi-game suspension. Not two. Give them three. And then if you want to reduce it to two after a, an appeal, fine. But giving Gronkowski a one-game suspension, if he appeals it and they break it down and don't suspend him at all and only fine him, that's wrong. And all that does is lead to other things like that happening because players know they can get away with it. Okay, uh, the NFL unfortunately is suffering from lack or, lack of viewership, fewer viewers, some fewer people going to the stands. The last thing you can do is allow this kind of thing to happen in the National Football League and have it go with a slap on the wrist. And that's all Rob Gronkowski got was a slap on the wrist. Fred Hubner there with you. We're here for another hour till eight o'clock. We come back. Bears tight end Daniel Brown will join us. We're talking Bears and Niners and also the Bears season on a whole. They have three of their next four games on the road. Some cheap tickets in Cincinnati. J.D. mentioned you can get a ticket for 14 bucks. Travel on out and see the Bears and Bengals in Cincinnati next week. It's Football Night in Chicago brought to you by Miller Lite here at Riley's Daughter. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Trubisky looking that way. Fires end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Dontrell Inman. Working on Maven, who just came in for the injured Dante Johnson. And the Bears take the lead. It is quiet. I wouldn't say sad. I wouldn't say depressed. But it's just quiet. Um... It's definitely not good, but I still have confidence where we're going forward because, like I said before, I know the guys in that locker room, they care. I know I know we fought on the field. I know, I know a lot of the guys, they're, they're putting their bodies on the line. I mean, up front, protecting for me on defense, making plays, they're flying around. So it's we're not just doing this for nothing. We're doing it for a purpose. We're just not getting the results we want. That is Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky talking about the way he feels and the way the rest of the Bears feel after yesterday's 15-14 loss to the 49ers out at Soldier Field. Welcome back in. Football Night in Chicago brought to you by Miller Lite. We're at Riley's Daughter, 111th and Pulaski here in Oak Lawn. Buckets of Miller Lite for just $12. Come on out. ESPN 1000. And for the third week in a row, we have the opportunity to talk with Bears tight end Daniel Brown. Unfortunately, for the third week in a row, we can't talk about a win. That's a little frustrating. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, but uh, I was hoping we could get a win. You know, yeah, me one too. Of these three weeks, but it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, a lot of people expected this one. When they look at the uh, schedule, they go, "The you got the Niners, you got uh, Cleveland coming up later on, and you know both of those teams in a rebuild." It's for the Niners. You know, they had a new coach, they have a new general manager. For Cleveland, it seems like a constant rebuild with them. It's a little bit going a little slow for them. Uh, things aren't working all that well. But the game yesterday. You know, C.J. Beathard is a guy that was quarterback in the 49ers up until 
last week. And with a 107 in the game, he got hurt. And now you got Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's a lot to be said, in my opinion, for a guy learning behind a guy like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I think we saw that with Garoppolo yesterday. Right. And um, I think you see there's a reason why New England didn't want to let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, you know, they... Anybody was going to pay him a lot of money, you know. That you know, the, I think New England realized that, and they just had to let him go. They're going to get a draft pick out of it. Um, but you know, he's. I think everybody knew what kind of quarterback you know he was going to be. Right. Yeah, I know a lot of people here in Chicago, and you know, I know you heard all the stories from Arlington Heights and Rolling Meadows High School in Eastern Illinois, and a lot of Bears fans. I know John Yurkovich in our station. He played at Eastern Illinois. Yurko did, and uh, you know when the draft was coming, they said, "Why don't you know draft Garoppolo? He's a guy that's got it." And uh, he looked really good yesterday. Mitchell Trubisky. I was talking earlier in the show. Um, sometimes numbers lie. I mean. Trubisky yesterday was 12 for 15. He had a passer rating of 117.2. Garoppolo, 26 for 37 for 82.4. The numbers look like Mitchell had such a much better game. Right. But when you complete 12 of 15, it's a big difference. Mm. I mean, he, he didn't throw the ball a lot, but what he did throw, he completed pretty much yesterday. Yeah, and, uh, and I think the tail between the, the two numbers is just the kind of drives they had versus the kind of drives we had. Um, you know... We, they had, you know, longer drives. We didn't do a whole lot with the drives that we had. I think that's kind of right, kind of the tail of the tape. Well, and the other thing too is, and I, you know, I've been asking you some harder questions over the last couple of weeks, and this one won't be much different. Uh, first, first quarter, Dontrell Lindman gets targeted twice. He catches two passes, one for a touchdown, and he doesn't get targeted anymore. Um, Things like that are, I think, what Bears fans are always questioning. Not only, you know, Adam Shaheen only getting nine snaps and not being targeted at all and things like that. I know it's tough, and even John Fox said with 36 plays, it's tough to get everybody in there. But I think when you see a guy like Garoppolo and what they did with the 49ers offense, I don't know that they ran a ton of plays. They probably said, listen, let's run you a package of plays. I'm just starting to think that, you know, Mitch is a rookie, played 12 or 13 games in college. It's tough to absorb an entire playbook right i just got a feeling maybe it could be a little bit easier on mitch if they ran fewer plays instead of having him run out of the wide receiver and a direct snap to jordan howard right and i you know i can't speak for mitch because right. I, I you know you know quarterback's the toughest position in the nfl to play and especially when you're a rookie so i i can't speak you know for him saying you know what it's like to absorb all the information I, I mean i know you know as a tight end like i have my job responsibilities and i know the, the quarterback's another level so it's it's hard to speak for him. Well, how many plays? I mean, you, yesterday you had, what did I have, 11 snaps you had for yesterday? Uh, yeah, 11 snaps. You had one catch for 13 yards, another first down. And I know he was trying to go to you another, a second time, and the, the, it got knocked down, I think, um, late in the game, I thought. Didn't he try to throw one more time to you? I don't think they put Bronica in after what happened. No, I think I, yeah. <laughs> I, I had one target. That's it? Okay. I think just one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you had one catch for 13 yards. But how many plays going into a game, for example, how many, you know when you're going to go on, you, you, you've talked about it before, third and fourth down, you're the guy that's going to come in. How many plays do you have yourself as a tight end? How many plays do you have going into the game that they may call for you? Um, specifically for me? Yeah. Uh, you know, about three or four per game. Okay. Um, that are, I'm just, you know, specific. Designed to catch for you to be, yeah. you know, the ball thrown I, you. You know, I'm the first, I'm the first read. Okay. Yeah, about three or four a game. You figure, you got three or four, 
Dontrell Edmond, you figure, has got a few. Deion Sims has a few. Um, Kendall Wright's got a few. That's a lot to put on the plate of a rookie quarterback like right. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. You know, and he's got – there's a lot for him to learn. And, you know, I was – I'm read off the stat earlier. Only three times this season has a team run fewer than 37 plays, and the Bears have done it twice. So, I mean, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough for you. Yeah, and you guys still could have won the game. That was the most frustrating part. Right. When you got Tariq Cohen back there returning punch, you never know what will happen. But I think, as a fan, I'm watching Trubisky and the, the pass to Inman, and he beats his guy, and then he beats his guy for the touchdown. I'm going, where was that? We didn't see it anymore. Right. And I think that's what a lot of fans are saying. Sometimes maybe don't be as fancy or have as many plays, but just go ahead because when, when – Mitch dropped back and threw over the middle. He seemed to be pretty successful in those yeah. throws. Um, I don't know. It just kind of seems that the, the way it's been going is just the, the flow of the game. You know, I, I heard you talking earlier on the show. Is, you know, we pride ourselves on being a run first team. Right. And then, you know, we'll run on first and second down. We're not getting nothing. Then we're put into, okay, we're going to throw on third down. You know, we don't get it. So then we're three and out. Right. I know you said we were last in the league in three, three and outs. Out. Right. Um, and I think that's just kind of like how it, you know we're trying to get our run game going. It's not working, so then we're going to throw on third down. And I don't think we're maybe we're just not opening it up enough. Um, but I just kind of feel like that's how it's been going for us. It's just been we're just not getting our run game going, and when that happens, we struggle. Bears tight end Daniel Brown joining us here on ESPN 1000. Out of Riley's daughter out in Oak Lawn. Stop on by Miller Light Buckets for twelve dollars. Um, we talked also the last couple of weeks. There's been three games this season where the running game rushed for 222 yards, or 222 or more. And I looked at it today. Could it possibly be that, I mean, teams saw what you guys were doing early with the, what do you call it, outside zone runs and things like that? Yeah, the wide zone runs and stop those because it doesn't seem like you're actually trying to run the ball or having much success running the ball up the middle. I mean, have teams just, you know, scouted you guys? figured out and cut it out i know philadelphia did with their wide nine but did the niners do that yesterday also uh no not necessarily um i know yeah it probably looks bad we you know watched it on tv just something's going but then we come in on monday we watch the film and, it, and it's and i'm not just saying it's literally you know one block away sure you know it's it's hard enough as it is to to do well in the nfl you know you know the other team gets paid too mm-hmm. so you really need all 11 guys doing everything right and then you go and watch the film, and there's you look. There's a couple of plays yesterday where we could have, you know, Jordan probably could have broke a 30 or 40 yard run, but it was just one block right. that we didn't get. Yeah, and it's tough. And then it was a great play, I thought, on a little swing pass to Tariq Cohen. It was set up perfectly. You had Leno, and I can't remember if it was Dion or somebody else out in front of him. And then Leno gets called for the hold at a 25 right. yard gain. I mean, it's just like, you know, little things. Everything that can go wrong has been going wrong i mean that's one of the things because that not only does it set you guys back with penalties and yardage but it mentally it's got to be a killer too yeah um, you, know, you have a nice game it's, it's frustrating back. um you know it's it's not happening on purpose you know leno oh, sure you know he's just trying to be a play and i think if you go back and watch it he was just trying to be physical and bury his guy you know and then when he tried to do it you know would look like to be a hold so that you know a guy threw a flag but then it, it is frustrating, you know. You get a big gain, and then, you know, you got to backtrack, you know, ten yards. Now you're behind the sticks. And right. Now, now you're, you know, as a coordinator, you're, you got, you're like get back on track plays. Um, when you had my, okay, you had 25 yard gain. Okay, now you're focused on the next play. Then you realize you called back. 
and then you got to you know, do something that you didn't want to do. Yeah, and there's nothing worse. When I'm sitting there watching the game on TV, there's nothing worse when I hear the announcer say, well, they got back to penalty yardage. You go, that's not enough. Right. I mean, now, now they have one less down yeah. to get to get the what same they amount get. of yards. Exactly. Yeah. So that doesn't really help. So I, mean, I know that makes it difficult. I know we talked a little bit last week, too, because it always stands out. Leno could have had every single block he had the rest of the day could have been perfect. The one day he gets a flag called on him, or one play, right. could be that one. Right. So it makes it real difficult, and I know. And then you also had injuries again yesterday. I mean, it's not, you know, two of them on the defensive side, but then Kyle Long went out again. And then Tom Compton came in, and, you know, I, I, there's a reason guys are backups. He's not going to be as good as the guy that's starting. And um, But I thought Tom Compton, for the most part this year, when he's come in, he's done a really good job uh, there. But... There's a reason you guys do well when Kyle Long's in the lineup, uh, for a lot of reasons, I think. But what he does on the field, but also probably in the huddle. I mean, I'm not in the huddle, but, you know, he's he seems like he's a guy that, you know, takes command whenever Mitch doesn't, that he does. He does. You know, I mean, he's a pro bowler for a reason. Right. You know, um, does a lot of things well. Uh, kind of sets the tone, like we talked about the past couple weeks, sets the tone for our offensive line in our run game. Um, and then, you know, when he's not out there, it's it's tough. Yeah, it makes it real tough. That's. I was just going to ask you, and I had it written real simple uh, when I got all the running numbers. Just what I mean, what has happened? It's, it's just it's just a one block not being made, as opposed to when you guys are rushing for 222 yards and 231. I mean that it seemed like you guys would get open, and there was one play, and I don't, you know, again, I'm the I'm the amateur. I'm just sitting there watching it, but it looked like. Years earlier in the year, Jordan would have cut one run outside. Instead, he cut it inside. It looked like he had tons of room outside, and and, it, and that happens. And it seems like every, every anything he chooses right now, it's not working. Right, and I think you know when when you go back to the games that we've done well, you know I think all those blocks are you know getting Being blocked. Made. Right, and then the, these past couple games, <clears throat> you know it sounds like a broken record, but it's just. It literally is just one, one or two blocks that right. you know could spring them. And even even if you guys would have held on to a 14-12 win, it might not have been quote impressive, an impressive victory, but it would have been a victory. But it's a win, yeah. It's right. And, you know, and everybody, you know, a wins a win. Everybody loves a win. Right. You know, a win, a win. We we say a win heals all. Yeah. You know? And then when you're you know when you're not getting any, you know, it doesn't look so good. No, it's it's been real tough right now. I mean, a lot of Bears fans, I mentioned it earlier, a lot of Bears fans were no doubt excited, even after the loss going into the break, when you guys, you know, were three and five, and you go, okay, we got three of their, our next four at home. You know, good things should happen. The Packers without without Aaron Rodgers and the Lions. I don't know, the Lions never seem to impress me, but then again, I don't play against them. Uh, and then the 49ers, you figure, okay, good things will happen. Now that, quote, quarter of the season's over and you, you have lost all four, and now you're on the road for three of the next four. I mean, it's definitely not going to make – guys, definitely not making it easier on yourself. No, it's not. And it's – you look at the, the games you're talking about, all winnable games, and we were all in the, – there's probably three or four plays, you know, go the other right. way. We, You know, we go three and one in that quarter. Yeah. And, and we're sitting at, what, six and – Sure, six and five. Yeah, I think six and five. Been, yeah. And then, then you, you know, you put yourself in a position, you know, to be chasing a wild card or division lead or, or one of Minnesota's yeah. role. So you wouldn't be, should be chasing a wild card. Oh, six um, and six it would have been, but yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, you know, not just for fans, but as you know, for players too. And I you know we're not out there trying to lose. The organization is not trying to lose. Right. Um. You know, you're judged by wins and losses in this league. You know, and if you're not winning, you know. 
Nobody's really happy. No, and I, I, you know, the fans aren't happy. I mean, Mondays after losses are like, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of players and a lot of coaches have said in years past they don't read the papers, they don't listen to sports radio, this, 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 and this. And I don't know that I'd blame them. I mean, because you, as you said, you you go in today, you look at the film, you see what went wrong, and you don't necessarily need amateurs. Now, granted, they're all everybody's a fan. I was uh, try earlier. I was trying to say when you're a fan of a team, it's kind of like a marriage. I mean, right. in good times and in bad times. And right now, it's a bad time, but. You know, I, I don't think that anybody who's criticizing and asking for a coach to be fired or, a, uh, you know, uh, the GM to be changed or things like that, I don't think any of them are doing it vindictively. They just want things to get better. Right. They just want to win. Yeah. They you like know, to win. Yeah. And we, I mean, everybody in that organization wants to win, too. Yeah. Uh, so we're just equally as frustrated. And, and probably more so. Yeah. yeah. And, but, you know, the only thing we can do is just go in Wednesday you know, look, you know, and try to get a win this right. Sunday. Right. Do you guys, when it, when you play a team like Cincinnati's on TV today, they play the Steelers, and you got the Bengals in in uh, Cincinnati. Uh, do you, when you guys get in on Wednesday, is that when the game plan gets put in? Is that when you guys go over the things you're going to try and do to beat Cincinnati? Yeah. And that's the big day, right? Yep. Wednesday. Wednesday's a big. Uh, you know, we do like a. Kind of like a defensive overview on Wednesday, you know, some first and second down stuff, and then Thursday will be a third down red zone. Okay. Friday is like a short yardage, so it's in segments. But Wednesday is a big day because it's more of like an overview. Okay, you've been with the team obviously all year. How tough is it for guys like Lamar Houston and Chris Brzezinski who come in like Thursday of last week? I mean, I know Brzezinski yeah. was he played every snap at safety. Yeah. I mean, I know he knows. I know he knows the defense, but yeah. that had to be difficult. I wanted to ask Chris because. Um, he'd only had a couple workouts since he had been released. Right. And uh, he was on his couch. You know, and, and you can you can run and stay in shape, but there's a different, you know, type of football shape, you know, game shape. Sure. No, I asked him how he felt, you know, playing every, you know, because defense is different. you got to hit. Yeah. Uh, he, might have been, he made a real nice tackle on the first, I want to say it was San Francisco's first drive. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine what his body felt like today. Probably felt like he got hit by a truck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, but, you know, when... When your number's called, you got to, you know, act on it. I mentioned I was happy, semi-sarcastically, for Lamar Houston because the last time he, he sacked Garoppolo, he jumped up and celebrated and tore his ACL. Right. So I was happy to see he didn't jump as high yeah. And, yeah. and tear anything because he's getting another opportunity. And I think Bears fans liked what they've seen from him in the, in the, in the past. Uh, but unfortunately, like a lot of other guys, he hadn't been able to stay on the field because of injuries. And right. that, that makes it really difficult for all you guys. And I know, and I, even John Fox said it yesterday, you can't use the injuries as a crutch. But, you know, three guys again go down yesterday when you, you need a defensive line. And when Mitch Unrein, one of your steadier guys, gets hurt, I mean, you know, you got to throw another guy in. I know it's great for the other guy for to get the opportunities and to get some snaps. But, you know, it's tough to go in when you don't have all your weapons. Yeah. Um, it's always a next man up mentality. But, you know, when... There's a difference when there's a veteran presence, right? You know, like Mitch, who's like an anchor, you know, in the D line. You know, and Kyle, who's an anchor at the offensive guard. It's just it's different when there's, you know, there's not that veteran presence. Do you uh, in, in practices? Who do you go up against? Multiple uh, Mitch on one side or uh, well, or Hicks or do you? It, no, a, well, we have one period. One period. Go? We have one period. Uh, uh, 
a day where we go bear, we call bears on bears. Okay. So it's first team D, first team O, and the rest of it is just uh, versus a, like a look team. I was listening yesterday, and I mentioned this when I watch Bears games. I try to go on over to uh, NBC Sports Chicago for their post game. Uh, I worked with Lawrence Holmes for a long time, and then Jim Miller, who was quarterback, and Lance Lance Briggs and Alex Brown, and they're breaking it down. And you can imagine they were none too happy. They were all upset. They wanted things to change. But Miller said that back in the day when he was with, boy, I want to say it was with the Steelers, there was this time where the where Bill Coward just said, listen, he goes, we're going first team against first team all out. Whatever you guys want to do, go out and do it. And he said, it made us get better because at the time the Steeler defense was so good right. and the offense wasn't. And he said, Miller said, we had to get better. We had no choice. Now, with all the rules in the NFL nowadays, right. you probably can't do those kind yeah. of things. Uh, yeah, you can't. Like, no, that's, that's probably old CBA. You know, sure. A lot, a lot's changed new CBA. And like you're, you're allowed fourteen padded practices a year. Uh huh. Um, you know, if you decide to use all those up in the first. 10 weeks then you've got none left right um is there someone that keeps track of that or is there only a guy from the league or do you guys have do they have to say listen today is a padded practice and they put it out there so everybody knows normally normally we know it's 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 usually every wednesday okay is our padded practice um i think there's been two weeks where you didn't have one right it was our bye week and then our short week on our thursday night game okay so i think i think we're, we're we're pretty much good until about week 17 okay yeah, do you think that you think something like that helps? I mean, if they did have it, I mean, they don't. But do you think going up against your team and just going up against the first team defense would help on a more regular basis? It, it's hard to say. Um, I mean, I don't know if in terms you're speaking of there. I don't know all out live, you know, tackling. I don't know that that's that's good. You don't want to get hurt by your own guy, right? Right. And, uh, personally, I don't want to go live, you know, versus the defense every single day for every period. You know? Sure. I'd like to stay somewhat fresh for Sunday, um, but I guess you know back in the day, you know it was, it was a different. Well, yeah, it's, kinda, it's used, a different game. Yeah, it is. They had two a days in practices uh, and all these kind of things. I think Fox was telling us in the meeting the other day where he was talking about our schedule, and he uh, he was talking about a team that went team he had did three padded practices every week for 18 weeks sure. you know, to first two rounds in the playoffs and. You know, it's just it's just a different league now. Yeah, it's incredibly different. I know a lot of the old timers will say it's difficult to tackle if you don't tackle in practice. It's difficult to do it in games. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Kyle Fuller had a really good game. Yeah. And there was a pass. I want to say it was Marquise Goodwin caught a pass, and Fuller came up and he just flattened him. The only problem I have, and again, it's, you don't necessarily have to comment on, but he, they've got arms for a reason. Yeah. He just hit him, yeah. and he went down. But I, you know, there's a, you know, there's a way everybody's taught to tackle, and it seems like a lot of that has gone out of the league. And uh, well, I, think, I can't complain about Fuller because yeah. he also took the ball away too. Right. So I think a big, you know, I think across the league, a big thing you see is the big hit. You know, everybody wants the big hit. Even after, you know, even de- after everything that's happened. Yeah, you want to decrease someone. You know, right? Old school wrapping up tackles, effective, but you know, it's not flashy. Sure. Yeah, everybody wants the big knockout hit. Yeah, I haven't asked you the times we've been talking about it. Um, you know, there's always stuff with the, uh, you know, the concussions and and the new helmets and all the different kind of things. What's your whole feeling on this? Because, I mean, you're a smart guy. I mean, there's been guys around the NFL. I, we did talk about a little bit about guys like Ursula and that leaving, but uh, you're a smart guy. Well, how do you feel about all these kind of things? I mean, are you one of the guys where you had a concussion or two, you might say, 
okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to protect myself. I know the, the Bears have had got players recently that have done that over the last yeah. couple of years. It depends. Um, you know, knock on wood, I've never had one. Right. So I can't really speak for that. But um, I don't know how many it would take. Uh, I guess it depends. You know, each concussion is different on, you know, how serious it right. is. I know some guys would be out for a whole year. You know, some guys it's a week. Um, it just depends. I know there's a lot of research in helmets. Um, I know a couple guys on the team who did a lot of research and got had, like, the latest and greatest helmet. Right. Because they're the most effective. Um, I haven't done my research as much. Sure. I still wear a helmet that was probably two, two or three generations old. So, but... And I think it all depends on your playing style, too. Okay. Um, At what position you're playing. Right. Uh, some, you know, I'd like to think I have some sort of body control, like awareness. Um, I'm not going to run into, you know, a blind hit, you right. know, something like that. Well, you look at it, and when I work with uh, Steve McMichael uh, on Sundays before the game, he talks about when he was getting recruited to go down and play in Texas. Um, boy, I can't remember the other coach that was recruiting him. But it was from a big college at the time, and he had played tight end and also line. And he told, he said, they said, we want you to come down and play a tight end. And he goes, I've decided that I want to be the hit-er instead of the hit mm-hmm. So he goes, I'm going to play defensive line. And right. then they didn't take him, and then he went down to Texas, and, and, you know, the rest was history. But he said, yeah, he goes, I got tired of being the guy that got hit. Right. He goes, I'm much more like getting hit. And he said, you know, think about it. A lot of the guys that have had these problems, uh, and I know I'm generalizing here, and people can show me some numbers, but it seems like a lot of them are offensive guys, wide receivers. Tom Waddle from our station, he got, I don't know if you've ever seen any highlights from him, but when he played for the Bears, he caught a touchdown pass in a playoff game, I want to say, against Dallas. He, the only reason he remembers it is because he's seen it. Right. But he doesn't remember yeah. even any of that stuff. And I think it's, <clears throat> you know, it's just really those those hits to the head, you know, defenses, receiver, yeah. and stuff like that is, is why you see it so much in skilled players. Um, what did you – and we'll, we'll get to when we come back. We'll get to uh, Rob Gronkowski and what he did yesterday and some other things. And, and I know that uh, – you're looking forward to Cincinnati, but I know deep down you're looking forward to Friday night at Weber State. Yeah, James, yeah. James Madison. Exactly. We're still, still rolling. So we'll talk I, about I that. I wore, wore my sweatshirt to the facility today. Cool. Yep. Very cool. So we'll talk about that also. We come back. Other things to get into with Daniel Brown, the Bears tight end. Uh, Bears getting ready for Cincinnati. They can probably scout it. Heck, you can scout it. You can uh, turn the sound down, listen to us, and catch the game as the Steelers are taking on the Bengals. It's football night in Chicago. Miller Lite brings it to you. Brought buckets of Miller Lite, $12 here at Riley's Daughter. Come on out. We're here till 8 o'clock before Jay Hood takes over back at the station. Uh, We're on 111th and Pulaski here in Oak Lawn talking some Bears football right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's football night in Chicago on Chicago's number one football station, ESPN 1000. We, we figure out who we are as people, who, who has our back, and, and, and what you're all about. So um, try to stay positive, go back to work this week, and, and just stay confident that this is going to be the week we're going to turn around. And there's two ways to handle it, positively or negatively. You put your head down, come up here, and just um, and, and sound like a loser. Or you could just uh, believe in what you know, go back to work, just know the guys in the locker room have your back and I have their back, and, and just have that faith that it's going to turn around. 
Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky talking about uh, yesterday and about staying positive and hoping they can turn some things around here in the final four games of the season at Cincinnati, at Detroit, home against Cleveland on uh, Christmas Eve and also at Minnesota to wrap up the season. Fred Hubner back with you. Football night in Chicago here on ESPN 1000 brought to you by Miller Lite. Buckets of Miller Lite are $12 here tonight at Riley's Daughter. Come on out here till the top of the hour, 111 or 111th and Pulaski here in Oak Lawn. We're happy enough to be joined by Daniel Brown, the Bears' tight end, and uh, the Bears made it official today. They bring in Mike Nugent to be the kicker. Cairo Santos got hurt yesterday. Um, it was interesting because on the broadcast, Daniel, they uh, they kept saying, well, we, we're not exactly sure why. The Bears say there's nothing to report, but it was we know now it was, a, it was a, something where he got hurt in pregame, right? Yeah, and it was, uh, we were sitting in the locker, and Someone said the kicker's hurt, and I was like, "What?" Like he said, "Yeah, I guess he re-injured his groin." So I was like, well, "What are we gonna do?" Yeah. So then I, you know, they let Pat, who who booted it right out of the back of the end zone, which twice. was nice. Yeah, yeah I like um, that. Yeah. And then you know, I guess they you know gave Cairo some some medicine, and I guess he was able to do you know PATs. I don't know what his what his distance would have been if it came down to a situation. Right. So we were prepared to. We had to go for two or you know some fourth down shots. I don't think they knew what his what his limit was. Well, who, who, it was Philadelphia a couple weeks ago had to go for two because uh, Josh Elliott went out during a game. Is it? And yeah, they they went for two that. like four times. They had to go for two because they didn't I, have another I kicker. That. Yeah, and then uh, he did okay. Elliott was a guy that actually he's from the so, from the suburbs out by me and uh, yeah. LT, and then he kicked in college. Right, but, he hit that was 63, 63 yard yeah. game winner. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny with uh, Carson Wentz saying he'd give him his, uh, his, his game his check. game check. Yeah. I don't know. We should probably figure out if they, he... They did something where they gave money to charity. I don't know if it was oh, a okay. full check, but that's, you know. And Carson Wentz is only a second-year guy. His game check isn't like some of the other, right, yeah. uh, you know, quarterback game checks. All right, yeah, he's still in his rookie, his rookie deal. Sure, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. I mentioned before we went to break, uh, your guys at James, James Madison, yep. 26-7 over Stony Brook, five interceptions. And uh, they play in the quarterfinals this Friday night. So yep. you got something you can sit and watch. They're, they're rolling. Nice relax. Yeah, they're, I think it's on ESPN, too. Yep. Um, they're hot. They have 24 in a row. Yeah. yeah they're, they were they're, def- they're well. defending champs. They won last year? They won last year. Yep. Okay. They made it down there uh, in Frisco. That's they beat, nice. Uh, Youngstown. Were they at Levi State. Stadium when they played at, or they played somewhere else? They played at uh, Toyota Stadium. Okay. To- it's the... It's in Frisco, Texas. That, I mean, oh, that one, yeah. I, I think it's Toyota Stadium. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. They, they play soccer there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it's a nice place. They, they did a lot of work down there. A um, couple of things I want to make sure we got to before we get out of here. You want to jump on in if you got a question for Bears tight end Daniel Brown, 312-332-3776. Um, yesterday, you know, uh, the day after games, guys are breaking everything down. They're showing all the passes. They're showing you know, catches, targets, and all that kind of stuff. Mitchell Trubisky only had one pass for more than 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, and that was the touchdown pass to Dontrell Inman. Um, I know sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter how far you're going to throw the ball as long as you complete it and guys run, but are there a lot of offensive plays that are set for deeper throws, and those were just not called yesterday? Or Because, I mean, you do have some receivers. Uh, a lot of the receivers have been hurt. 
it's kind of strange that Inman's come in and actually been able to, to fit in as quickly as he has. But And like the Kendall Wright, he's more of a slot guy. His passes are all going to be pretty much inside of 10 yards, right? Uh, we had... We had quite a few, well, I wouldn't say quite a few. We had a few shot plays yesterday, and it just seemed that every time we had a shot play called, it was some sort of pressure um, where, where Mitch, you know, had to get off his right. read or, you know, that I think the one shot play where where he was sacked, sack fumble, where he recovered it. Um, so there was a couple of shot plays. It just seems that when we did call him, there was some sort of pressure. Yeah. I, I mean, could, uh, we talked about, Lamar Houston coming in, and he's played the uh, offense before, or the defense before, and same with Chris Brzezinski. But a guy like Inman, I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, anybody that played fantasy football had knew him because he'd be a guy you'd pick up during the season uh, when he was with San Diego. But how difficult is it for a guy like that to come in who hasn't worked with the playbook or anything like that? Is it a little bit easier for receivers because I mean, they got the, the, you know, the the nine passes, the route tree. Is it a little right. bit easier for them? than it is for some other players because they don't have many blocking responsibilities? Right. Um, I would say receiver is, is a area you probably could catch on quickest. I mean, haven't played that position before. Right. You know, it's mainly, you know, just getting down route concepts. I think the most difficult thing is timing with the quarterback, which which you see a lot of comes in OTAs, in training camp. You know, that's where you see a lot of progress in that part. Sure. But I think as far as, you know, picking up a playbook, I would say – haven't played receiver, that would probably be one of the easier. One of the things yesterday that was, uh, I was waiting. I'm sitting there taking my notes, and I'm watching the game. And in the fourth quarter, Tariq Cohen goes 68 yards, and their punt return, and there's a flag down. And um, the referee says, block in the back, number 84. And he was like, <laughs> he paused for a second. And I, I didn't think you were back there. No, I was, I was actually in front. Yes. I was, I was, and when I went back to watch it, I saw you in front. The most frustrating part of the whole thing was it didn't look like Ben actually did much. And right. Cohen was already past him, yeah. which made it even more frustrating. Right. I'm sure it wasn't happy for Ben today either. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I, think the, I think the guy milked it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but when as much as it's called in this league, you know, he felt he probably felt a little pressure on his back. Knew he wasn't going to get the returner, so you just why not just throw your body? Sure. Try to get a flag. Um, I wasn't particularly happy either. I you know I sprinted you know 60 yards trying yes, to get a block did. for Tariq, and then you know find out that it's coming back. So well, I mean I think you had one block on the way, and then it was another guy that you didn't get to before he ran right, out of bounds, right? Yeah. Um, it was the punter first, and I didn't I didn't know if he was going to try Tariq or not. So I just kind of stuttered, and by the time of that, you know, Tariq's passing me. So then I'm sprinting as fast as I can to try to catch up. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that I had to call it on. Were you on, were you on the field for the first one when yeah. he went right and then went left? Yeah. He said after the game that even though the announcer said numerous times that you're going, the, he's going the wrong way, he's going the wrong way. That I, did he really go the wrong way? Was it all set up for a left, a return on the left side? Because he said when he turned well, around, well, he realized everybody was there. It was a left return, so everybody was getting left side leverage. And then I know, particularly for me, I had outside leverage on my guy waiting for him to come left. And I saw him go right. Fire right. Right. And then, and then he started bubbling. And then, you know, at that point, you're kind of on your own because everybody's got left side leverage. Yeah. You know? But then he did that little circle technique and ended up setting up all his blocks perfectly. I know I didn't. I just turned around. I found the nearest guy. And after that, it looked like he had like a convoy for him. He did. There was, yeah. But there was only two. He pretty much beat the whole team by himself except for two guys. He said, who wears number 32? 
uh, DeAndre Hall. Okay. He said he just figured if he can catch Hall, he'll be okay. Right. And I think I don't. You know, DeAndre. I don't even know that he was bought. He was just. He just. It was ran. almost like they were sprinting together. You know, just That's a race. what it looked like. It yeah. looked like a race. And he he basically said afterwards, if I can catch him, I'll be okay. Yeah. How how much? I mean. You know, you've played with obviously. Have you ever played with a guy that can do all the things that this guy can do? Because no. you see, uh, he's he's throwing a pass. He's you know caught passes. He runs runs back punts and things. Have you ever played with a guy like this? I haven't. I mean, I've never seen anybody as as twitchy as he. Yeah. We have these uh, in practice. We have these little GPS tracker sure. things. Yeah, they do it in a lot of sports now. And it does you know what your player load. It doesn't it, let you loaf either. No. Yeah, because it, it, they keep yeah. track of everything. Right. It's yeah. like your, it's like your top speed, your player load, and uh, like. Your change of direction, and then your speed over 60 miles an hour, and then I go and look at it every day, and, and Tariq is by far off the charts, and it's, and I don't know why. It's yeah. just he's constantly moving, constantly running. His acceleration is so quick, it's just, it's insane. So many, a lot of the uh, veteran football guys and other other fans I know, they keep saying that the tough part with him running the ball. And that's why they want to say get him outside, have him in the, put him in the slot, have him as a receiver. They're all worried because of his size and him getting hit. But he seems like, you know, I did a show with him earlier this year. He, he's not, he's not slight. No. He's pretty, he's pretty muscular, and he's been doing, he's been getting hit every time he's played yeah. football. No, so. there's, his toughness isn't, you know, isn't, isn't a question. I think, I think the hardest, you know, I wouldn't say hard. It's hard and easy. Right. Um, you know, blocking for him. The hardest part is like you know that you're gonna have to maintain blocks because he's gonna always break a few tackles. Sure. Just his lower center of gravity, his strong lower body. Um, you don't know where he's gonna be if you know if he decides to change some sort of direction. But you know it, it, it helps having a guy like that in your backfield. Yeah, I think a lot of Bears fans, despite not winning right now, there's a couple things that they re- they see that they're excited about. I think they're all. Everybody wanted to see Mitchell Trubisky in there, and what I was saying was. Listen, he's played 13 college games. It's going to take him a little while to learn. And I think there was a reason the Bears went out and brought in Mike Lennon saying, listen, Mitch has to learn. He's got to learn the ways of being a pro quarterback, taking snaps and reading defenses and all the other things. And then when fans were screaming for him after four games, and I know that I don't think this is what Ryan Pace and John Fox had in mind for him. And I know Mitch probably wanted to get out there as soon as he could. But, you know, it's difficult. Do you think that him learning on the job, in games is as good as watching from the sideline? Um, I mean, it's tough because there have been guys that have done right. both. In terms of experience, it's probably good for him. You know, and there's nothing better than live game experience. Right. Um, in terms of learning the game, the off, like, you know, just the ins and outs of everything. Right. You know, a backup is, is good in terms of that, but, you know, there's nothing like live game experience. You know, you can learn a lot. One of the questions that I've asked for years and years, and it might be because of all the rules in the CBA, is every time a backup quarterback would have to come in uh, because of the the starter got hurt, they would always say on the broadcast and after the game, well, you know, he didn't get many snaps. He doesn't get many snaps with the first team. And I understand practices are shorter. But isn't there a way that a backup could get five or ten snaps with a first team each and every week so that if something happens and the guy gets hurt, he can actually move in? Because it seems like because the time's so short, they want to make sure their number one quarterback gets all the snaps. Right. And all the uh, all the backup guy does is deal with the, the scout team. Yeah. And it's so frustrating to me because I'm saying, how long does it take to run off ten snaps? Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean you want your number one guy to 
get as many looks as possible. You know, we we have a certain amount of plays per period. You know, we have eight play periods. We probably have six periods. Okay. You know, and it's a different look on each one. So you want your number one to get all those. Um, yeah, it would be nice if you could. It seems like it would make sense. Like I don't get know. your number two a couple looks. It's just I guess you you just want your number one to get as, as many looks as possible. Right. I don't think Bears fans are 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 turning on Mitchell Trubisky yet. Hopefully they're not because again I mean a guy needs opportunities, a guy needs chances. He's getting some chances now, and I think in the long run it'll be a situation where this helped him going through not only learning on the job but also going through tough times. He'll he'll when wins start rolling up whatever that is next year, whatever, right. I think that's going to be even more to him. And it gets, Not that he's, he's going to change the way, because it seems like he says everything right. Yeah. After the game, he says all the right things. Uh, he's real easy to believe. You can tell how aggravating these losses are and frustrating they are to him. And I hopefully I'm, hopefully all the fans realize that, too. This guy's busting his tail trying to get better. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. It, would be, it would be bad for them to turn on that quickly, um, you know, given – just the situation that the Bears are in. Um, there's, a, you know, not a whole lot going right, you know, and you can't pin it all on Mitch. You know, right. there's no way you could do that. You know, it's, it's 11 guys. I know it's up to, you know, the 10 other guys around him. You know, if, if they're doing everything right, it takes, you know, takes less pressure on him. Right. And makes him look better. Um, so it's it's. It's not on him. It's it's a lot of you know his surrounding cast. It's sure got to be perfect for him too. Yeah, and I, everybody's got to be perfect. And I think you see it as as time goes by. Even you know rookie rookie tight ends. I mean, a lot of people were worried. You know, why isn't Adam Shaheen out there more often? Uh, yesterday, what did I have nine snaps for him. Wasn't targeted at all. Bears fans say, well, why does he is he just out there all the time? You guys still try to practice each and every week to try to get wins. Right. And I'm not saying that he can't help you win, but fans want one thing. They want development of young players, yeah. especially when you draft a guy second round in Shaheen and things like that. I think it's difficult for them to realize that it's a process. I know John Fox has a work in progress, and we have fun with that on Sundays, but it all is. It's yeah. all it's all a work a learn, in progress. There's a, yeah, there's a learning curve. Yeah. Um, and coming from... Coming from Ashland, I mean, yeah. he was able to dominate because of his size and the people he played against. Right. Similar to the way Tariq Cohen was going up against guys that are probably working as, you know, accountants or businessmen right now. Right. You know, um, so now they're going up against guys that whose job is to stop them. It's right. a little more difficult. Yeah, it is. And and those guys are doing great. You know, it, it, like it, there's a learning curve. For yeah. Them, you know, and I'm sure there's a huge there's a huge jump between your first and second year. Sure. You know, for everybody. I know it was for me. Um, just in terms of, you know, maturing, understanding, you know, how everything works. Um, but I think, you know, I think, you know, Adam's done great. You know, he's a second-round pick, so everybody, more pressure. Everybody yeah. wants to see him right now. Right. Um, and they probably want to see him more so than me. You know, <laughs> he's a second-round pick. You know, right. And you want to see the guys that your organization is spending money on. Well, I think know, I heard a guy at the station today. He said, "What's Daniel Brown doing out there? We need Adam Sheehan out there." Right. And I was on the way out here. I said, "Well, hold, hold, don't, don't, don't get anybody too angry now here. Yeah. I like seeing everybody out there catch the ball. Right. You know, I want to see Adam catch the ball. I want to see Dion. He got blown up on one block. They showed it. Uh, oh, it was uh, Foster. Ruben. Yeah. And he just. Yeah, we were. That was not. That yeah, was I mean, not, everybody's got those. Right. Yeah. Everybody gets them. Yeah. It's just it's tough when it gets shown over and over again. Right. Like and that's you said, what I mean, you're you know the bad ones are the ones that 
you know, are going to be under a microscope. You know, yeah. everybody's going to remember the bad play. Right. They don't remember the nice blocks he made or things like that. Right. Before I let you, before you get out of here, um, Rob Gronkowski is a pretty good tight end. Yeah. Yeah. He's he thought, he leads the NFL in touchdowns yeah. since 2010. Yeah, no, he's yeah. done a pretty good job. But what? And I didn't see what he did until I saw it today a couple times. Um, your, your thoughts on that? I mean, he he dove at the guy, and you could see I mean, it looked like in wrestling it would have been perfect because his arm was coming in, and he brought it in, and right. he hit the guy, and you know it's a bad thing. And my my whole spin is one game in the NFL, suspending a guy one game, and he's going to appeal it. Something like that should be suspended for a lot longer than one game. Again, I, if you would have done it, yeah, I, I'm sure I, would, I probably wouldn't even have a job today. So. Exactly. I mean, it's tough. I mean, no yeah. superstars, but. The league can't. The league shouldn't have play favorites like that. And I, in my opinion, I thought one game suspension for something like that that was brutal. I didn't. I saw a clip of it on Twitter. Yeah. Of just of him diving. I didn't see how the whole thing played out. Neither did I. Um, yeah. I did. Yeah. It did it did look like it was a little bit of a pretty cheap, vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, especially coming off the week with the chain being ripped off and punches being thrown and things right, like that. Yeah. I mean, you would think that the the NFL somewhere. I know they got a lot of problems right now. Yeah. The NFL's got a bunch of things they got to worry about on a daily basis, yeah. and they would hope that the, a weekend would go by without stuff like that. Right. But I guess it's tough when you got a bunch of grown men hitting each other. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. someone's gonna a lot, of, a lot of testosterone. Yeah, someone's gonna get mad. Some, some, some egos. Exactly. Um, have you been to Cincinnati before? I have. Yeah. I to play with Baltimore, so we did the you oh, know, AFC right. North thing. Yeah. The uh, Bengals fans. I mean. Uh, not bad. It's kind of a kind of a more, you know. I don't know if they they, they all show up. Their their team's been struggling. I'm surprised that their coach has been there as long as he has because they've gone up and down over the years. But uh, you start on Wednesday preparation for them. I want to say good luck, but I got to say something else. I mean, you know, you, know, you should you should try something else. Yeah, I think so. Give it your best shot or something. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, just go on out there and knock their block you know, off. Maybe that'll work for you. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's no doubt. I mean, I think everybody is, and despite Bears fans, uh, you know, hopefully they all realize that f- drafting sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth, it doesn't matter where you draft. There's a lot of guys, even undrafted players, right. that can help yeah. teams, right? Hey, we're people too. So. Exactly, you're people too. <laughs> well, go on out there and uh, come back with a win. Yeah. Let's we'll, just say we'll that. We'll do our best. Okay. Daniel Brown, Bears tight end with us here on ESPN 1000. Football night in Chicago brought to you by Miller Lite. Buckets are 12 bucks. Come on out to Riley's daughter in Oak Lawn. We're talking Bears football here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago on Chicago's number one football station, ESPN 1000. With you for the final couple minutes, don't go anywhere, Bears fans. Jay Hood takes over top of the hour from 8 until 10 o'clock. Jay will have his spin on the Bears and what's going on. And uh, uh, just imagine what uh, New York sports radio is like today as the New York Giants fire coach Bob McAdoo and also GM Jerry Reese. I'm not sure. I know a lot of Bears fans have talked about, you know, wanting John Fox out, wanting different things and different coordinators and things like that. I'm I'm of the belief that you wait till the season's over if you're going to make moves, and then you do it from there. I just don't know what exactly it would accomplish by getting rid of things and guys at this point. I do know that, um, you know, the whole Eli Manning situation was weird. I, I thought that if they went to Eli Manning and said, listen, we know you've played 210 games. If you want to, you can start, but we're then going to put another guy in so your starting streak will continue or something because – 
so many guys. You know, the Bears, Bears have had a lot of guys hurt this year, a ton of guys hurt. But when you lose Odell Beckham and you lose Brandon Marshall and you lose any tight end, any guy, um, I think Shepard's also been out with an injury. It's really difficult. But, um, you know, the media attention, we, we talk about the media here being in the media. We talk about how rough sometimes the media can be. It's nothing like uh, like it is in New York. The Giants have won a couple of Super Bowls with Eli Manning at quarterback, and uh, Eli Manning sits down, and they have Geno Smith in yesterday. Uh, real difficult, so the time's there. But, hey, and Sylvie's really happy because Josh McCown is doing well. He threw for a ton of yards. He's almost at 3,000 with four games to go. Um, I took Josh McCown a couple weeks ago in my fantasy league, and I could not be happier with his the way he's been playing. Nice to see for Josh McCown, one of the nicest guys, and a guy 37, 38 years old, playing in the NFL. Very, very cool. Thanks a lot for Daniel Brown coming on out. We are Riley's daughter. Come on by. Watch the football game. 111 to Pulaski here in Oak Lawn. Miller Light Buckets are $12. Thanks for listening. Football Night in Chicago here on ESPN 1000. Jay Hood's next. Don't go anywhere. He's going to have fun here on ESPN.